and welcome to episode 230 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, by Omnipod, the only tubeless insulin pump in the world. And who could forget Dancing for Diabetes? Find out more about all the sponsors at juiceboxpodcast.com in the show notes located in your podcast app or by going to these links. Ready? Dancing the number four diabetes.com. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Today's guest has a ton of connections to type 1 diabetes. I'm not going to spoil all of them here in the intro, but I'll give you a little taste. Remember when Lila's mom, a couple episodes ago, talked about Lila's aide at school? That's Brianna. That's right. Bri is our guest. Lila's aide and Bree's connections to type 1 diabetes don't end with Lila. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before becoming bold with insulin or making any changes to your medical plan. Hey, did you know you could follow the show on Instagram at Juice Box Podcast, on Facebook at Bold with Insulin, and that podcast app users on iPhone can just scroll to the bottom and rate and review the show right there. That's right. If you wanted to give the show, say, a five-star review and say something glowing about it, you could do it right in the podcast app. We have to get going sooner, quicker, like quickly get started, because now there's more story to tell than there was before. Um, <laughs> so, so before this, I'm going to leave all this in. Before I asked you to introduce yourself and you told me your name, you started telling me about your diabetes background, but instead, just tell me your name and, and how old you are, then let me go in a different direction. So yeah. go ahead. Uh, my name is Bree and I am 26 years old. Okay. Now... Brie has type 1 diabetes. I would have let her tell you that, but that's not important anymore. Because what's important is that she and I tried to record this a couple of days ago, had all kinds of technical problems, and she went out and got a, a, a headset just to do this, so thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> and on top of that, I'm, I don't know if you can imagine, I record this at my house, so like today's Friday, uh, my wife's working from home, my son's still home from college, and everyone's just kind of like in a swirl in the house, trying to grab food, get their laptops, run up to their bedrooms and hide so I can record the podcast. <laughs> and, and as that's happening, I get an email uh, from Brie that says, I've locked myself out of my apartment and I'm waiting for a locksmith. <laughs> yeah, that happened this morning. That happens to me very often, honestly. Um, yeah. Put a number on it. What, how many times have you been locked out of your apartment? This is like the third time um, in the past couple of months. So hopefully it's the last time. Can we unpack this for a second and find out why? <laughs> Are you secretly wish you were home living with your parents or? My door has like multiple locks and they all require different keys. So I only use one deadbolt key and then I leave the rest in my house. So this morning I went to take my dog out and I was like half asleep and I left the one of the door doorknobs locked. <laughs> so <laughs> put all of the keys on my keychain, which I should have done a long time. Should have done that the first time, but. So you're, living your life, so you're all set now. You've made the adjustments. Yeah, to your I life. am good. I am in my bed with my dog. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm 
It's fantastic. I'm, I'm okay. glad. I'm glad you're never going to be locked out again. Hopefully. Um, I hope. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so let's just. It'll be a little clunky. But how old were you when you were diagnosed yeah. with type one? I was 24, about to be 25. So I'm that... still. Yeah, it's been like a year and a half, okay. pretty much. Yeah, exactly a year and a half. Is this? So. Is it what month were you diagnosed then? I was diagnosed in June, uh, June sixteenth of two thousand seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really is a year and a half. Okay, so yeah. um, so expected like everyone in your family has type one, and you were just like, oh, "This is going to happen to me eventually." Or I know. Oh my god, that. no! So yeah, no one in my family has it. Um. Yeah, I went into the doctor. I just thought I was like lacking a vitamin or something. And I was like, oh, I just need like, you know, some extra vitamin B in my system. And then they took my sugar. They couldn't even read it because it was so high. Um, And they came back. They're like, you have diabetes. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. Like, I'm too young to have this. I must have ate too much cake the past week. Like, I'll get rid of this. Not going to tell anyone. Like, no big deal. And then obviously, like, all the information started coming in. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is just, like, totally life-changing. Like, this is crazy. I thought only kids could get it. Right. So I was too super uneducated, as most people are on the subject. But, um, yeah, well, so that's, the, how it, that's how it ha- happened. <laughs> so that's interesting. Are you and the doctor by yourself? I assume you are. You're old enough. Like you. Yeah. I mean, I was, like, literally on my way to work. And I, like, just walked into the doctor because I felt like crap. I was peeing all the time. You know, I had all the symptoms and I don't know why I Google everything. I'm like a total health freak. Right. And I was like, the one thing I didn't really Google, like all my symptoms or otherwise I would have known. Um, but yeah, it was like crazy. So you're really so. just lacking vitamin insulin. So uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, but yeah. it's such an interesting like process through your mind, right? Like I must yeah. just be, you're young. So you're like, I must just need a vitamin of some sort because when you're young enough and in your mid twenties counts at this age. You don't imagine right. anything can go wrong with your health, right? So you're just like, if something's wrong, it's got to be something like minor and weird. Um, and then when you heard the word diabetes, you thought type 2 right away. And then when someone told you it was type 1. Yeah, well, I didn't know that there were different types. I thought type 1, well, I thought type 1 was like the pre, pre-diabetes that you can like get rid of. You know, like how that happens with type 2. Like the doctor will be like, oh, like... You know, your blood sugar is looking a little high, but if you eat well and get your act together, you know, you can be okay. Um, That's what I thought it was. That's what I thought type 1 meant. There'll be a moment today when you're staring at your phone and you desperately don't want to go back to what you're doing, but you've run out of apps to check. That's when you go to dancing4diabetes.com and find out all about what that fantastic organization is doing. That's dancing4diabetes.com. No kidding. So, so for a couple of moments, as the doctor was telling you, you really were just thinking like, "Oh, this is so embarrassing. I've like, got, I've let my health get away from me." Yes, and I was so confused because I'm a total health freak. I work out way too much, mm-hmm. so I was like, just totally like, "What is going on?" You no know? Kidding. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. I know. Well, so you're in you're in grad school right now. Yes. Okay. Do you, can we say what you're trying to do with your life? Yeah, so I'm in grad school for um, clinical psychology, so um, I'm getting my hours right now to become a marriage and family therapist. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, and so how did you end up, so now, Brie has a really interesting, here's how, how here, I'm going to make sure I understand how you got to me. You work for the woman who contacted me, is that correct? 
Yes, Alina. Yeah. Yes. And she she w- was trying to tell me about how great you are because you're helping her to care for her daughter while her daughter is at school. Is that am I getting this correct? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so let's do that first because because you have another job too. But but this one but this one first. So what does that look like day to day? How do you how do you help this little girl? Well, I go in during right before she eats pretty much. So she eats at 11:30. I pre-bolus at 11:15 mm-hmm. and then I'm there until 2:30. So right after snack, it's just like 3 hours a day. So so but this is at school. This is a school-age yes. child, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't work for the school. I work for the family. This is a first grader. Okay. And so you just you just roll up in the morning and be like, "Hey, what's up everybody at the front office? Go find her, give her insulin and then hang out, not with her, but behind the scenes? Well, I usually sit with her at lunch because she, you know, she needs to eat all of her food and she's a little chatterbox. So I, that's usually my job for the most part is to make sure she's eating everything on her plate. And then after that, I'm, I'm in the, so it's like kind of complicated, actually. The nurse has a phone, Mm -hmm. an iPhone. I have my phone. And then the teacher, her teacher also has a phone, which stays in her like little diabetes bag. So everyone is kind of in contact with each other. So it takes a village. It's like, where are you guys now? You know, give her a tab, do this, do that. So it's kind of like, you know, we're all able to communicate effectively, which is super helpful. Okay. And so she, so she has – she's using a glucose monitor. She No, she has a Dexcom and Omnipod. She has Dexcom. What do you do? Yeah. I have Dexcom and Omnipod as well. Oh, jeez. All right. Mm-hmm. And okay, so well, there's no ads this week. Just everybody get a Dexcom and an Omnipod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do it. <laughs> there's links in the show notes. No, seriously. So so she's a first grader. Do you, can, I don't know how freely you're allowed to speak. Do, when was she diagnosed? I believe she was two or three. Okay. And so is this a situation where they were having trouble at school or where they were trying to set something up that would work in the, you know, before trouble could arise? How did, how did you, how did they come to look for you, I guess? I started working for this family um, when Lila, the little girl, started kindergarten. So she was like new to the school. And I think that they tried out um, just having the nurse, you know, her going to the nurse. Mm-hmm. But it's like she's so little. So she was in, she's like five years old at this point. So like she needed like someone to walk her to the nurse, which is all the way across campus. It's just a total pain in the butt. And she does have a lot of lows um, some days. So it was just like totally complicated. So I think, um, I don't know who suggested, maybe it was the nurse who told um, the mom, maybe you should look into hiring someone, you know, to be at school and kind of be her shadow. So that's kind of where I think she she reached out to JDRF and then JDRF, um, it must have been like a blast email or something to like, you know, people in their 20s or teens or something of, you know, this mom needs a babysitter who has type one. So I reached out, I was like, Hey, like I'm in grad school. Like that sounds like a good gig for me. So, um, so yeah, I reached out and that's how that began. Tell me, is this, is this something that's common at, at her school? Like, is it you and like 12 other 26 year old people no. like hanging out with like the kid who needs an <laughs> inhaler and the kid is there like no. a, like a ninja in the corner keeping peanuts away from one of the kids? Is this like, or is, no. it's just you? Yeah, it's just me. Um, and that was the problem is the nurse also has the whole school to take care of. So it's God forbid there was an emergency and, you know, the nurse has like 10 kids in her room. Like she wouldn't be able to give Lila the highest care that she should be having in that moment. Okay. So 
All right. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to imagine this from everyone's point of view who's listening. Like I'm trying to like I'm putting myself in the in the shoes of like a a 55 year old mom whose kid's like 30 now, and she's thinking none of this is necessary. And like and like somebody who's had trouble with their kid, uh, you know, with lows, and they've been really scared, or they're just scared yeah. in general, or people who yeah. have not good nursing or whatever. And and I can see. You know, I, I can see it from all the different angles. I think if it's needed and valuable, then it's needed and valuable. Uh, right. And so how long have you been doing this with her? So last year I was full time. I was there every day. And then this year, I since I have clients now um, with my uh, the counseling center that I work at, um, I've, I'm only there a couple times a week. And then I switch off with another girl who does the same thing. Is the plan for the family, and you might not know, but is there a plan to transition away from this? I mean, the kid's not going to be like 15 hanging out with a 35-year-old you, right? <laughs> right. No, that's definitely the plan. And um, I'm r really, really, really close with the other shadow. Um, we're like super diabetes BFFs outside of our job as well. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of been working on transitioning Lila to, you know, giving her own boluses and putting in her own carbs, checking her finger, you know, so I'm kind of like in the, I feel like she's in the training stage right now because eventually she's going to be like Arden where, you know, the mom can just text her and say, you know, do this, do that. And she'll just punch it in herself. So that's what, the, so this is, this is a stopgap between, so this is a person trying to kind of do what we talk about on the podcast, but, mm -hmm. but because their child's so young, there's not enough there's you can't ha yeah you can't feel like oh she's gonna just see my text or not forget or not push the buttons wrong or something exactly to oh wow exactly. yeah oh, very cool now yeah does this I don't know what I want to know about this it pays well enough for you to do it because you live in L A right or out in California. Yeah, I live in LA. It's like 10 minutes from my house. Like it's super easy. I get to do my schoolwork there, which is awesome. So, you know, after lunch and I make sure she eats her food, I kind of just go hang out in the teacher's lounge, get a lot of work done. Um, if she has a low, I text the teacher, tell her to give a tab. So, does she yeah, ever, I mean, does she ever like act cool? Like you're not there? Like do you walk in and she ever just like give you the shoulder? Like, oh, it's the, she runs away from me because she thinks it's <laughs> So funny when the Omnipod doesn't connect to her. <laughs> Connects and she's like, la, 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 and like runs away. I'm like, she's, get over here. She's five. You must seem old to her. Like I just realized, like you, I'm talking to you and you're like, a, I'm stopping myself from calling you a kid. And and she she's probably like, oh, this giant, tall, old lady comes and takes care of me. <laughs> yeah, the other day the kids were like, how old are you? Because I sit with all the kids at lunch. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, how old do you think I am? And Lila goes, I think you're maybe 60. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. Um, <laughs> that's so good. I, I asked about where you live because I just was trying to think about like commuting time, but it's close to your house. But commuting time and like, like how much would I have to pay somebody to make this valuable to them? Because if you said to me, I had to go, like, I'm not a grad student, but I have to take three hours of the middle of my day to go hang out with, a, like, a five-year-old and have lunch with them. I'd say, oh, sure, I could do that. It costs a million dollars, you know, because I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. But this is, like, a good side gig for you. Like, it makes a little yeah. money. 
good. good. That's because um, I'm just like the kind of person I get so distracted doing work in my own house. Mm-hmm. So I usually like end up going to a coffee shop or something. So it's just like it's perfect because like I would normally just be somewhere else doing my work as well. So you might want to try out. spending some of your free time um, hiding spare keys around the neighborhood. Oh so, my god, I know, right? Get back into your idea. Let me ask. Let's take a side trip for a second. How yeah. many times do you have to lock yourself out before you start thinking, oh my, there's something wrong with me? The third time. The third time. <laughs> this morning. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I'm sorry. It's oh. the most genuine laugh I've had on the podcast in a while. <laughs> Did you know when you closed the door or when you came back? Oh, I knew the moment I closed when I said a curse word and I was like, oh, God, my neighbor probably just heard me and thinks See, I'm like. You had to walk your dog, which, in, by the way, your dog appears to be in your picture on Skype. Is it a golden retriever? Yep, I have a golden retriever, Sawyer. Very Sawyer cute. the good boy. Very cute. <laughs> so you had to walk Sawyer the whole time going to yourself, I'm locked out yeah, of my house. I actually, the, the, I had my car keys with me. It's just like that one key I did. I have in like in my junk drawer because I never lock that. So, so. You, you and Sawyer hung out in the car until the... Well, lock. we went to the grocery store. What'd you do? I'm sorry. <laughs> we went to the grocery store. So I got... So I was a little productive during that time. Too. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Not, I might have gone back to sleep in my car. I might have been like, oh, I don't deserve to be inside even. So, okay. So, you have this this one job where you do... You, yeah. you, you basically go in. You... You know, it's funny. You're, I don't even know what to call you. Like, you're not even a – like, you are sort of a pancreas. Well, let me ask you that. How how autonomous are you with her? Is it all on you or do you and the mother talk? If the sugar is dropping, I'll usually get a text from her and she'll say, like – I'm paying you, know. you. Don't kill my kid. <laughs> she'll be like, is this low treated or, you know – just confirming pretty much. Right. Or if I see that she's dropping and I'm like, oh, you know, Alina might be getting nervous right now. I'll let mm-hmm. her know that she's eating. Cause I do like try to hold her back on eating before, you know, I try to wait till she's going down and the insulin is hit. She's on Fiosp. Okay. So, um, I guess that's supposed to hit a little faster. Yeah, I don't know. Some but people say that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know about that. But, but Okay. It was like 30 minutes before. But but on a normal day, if you roll in there and her blood sugar is 120, you give her her pre-bolus. You decide on what that is based on her meal and everything? Yeah, yeah. And then I kind of am able to also dictate like what she eats first. So I'll say... Like save your fruit for last because I don't want her. I don't want that hitting her at that moment. So gotcha. that's always yeah. I, I I gave up on that with Arden. I was just like <laughs> I was like you know sometimes if you eat the heavier carbs first, she's like what? And I'm, I said the heavier like that. Never mind. And and <laughs> <laughs> just eat it. It'll be fine. I'll create this. Yeah. I'll create this big blanket of insulin that nothing can get through. And you know it's <laughs> funny because it now do you before I tell you why it's funny do you listen to this podcast? Yes, I do. I actually like put, I gave this podcast to like Alina and she was totally into it. And then the other shadow and I told the nurse to listen to it because I actually messaged you on Facebook because when I was first diagnosed, I was like, oh my God, there's so much to learn. And so I literally like listened to your podcast, like in the hospital bed. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was me. And, um, yeah, I just like religiously listened. And it's so funny because, um, I'm the kind of person who never really talks about my diabetes. It's kind of just like, I don't want to be a burden on anyone. And I kind of just like keep it to myself cause I'm an adult and you know, that's how that goes. Mm-hmm. 
I realized over the holidays when I wasn't really listening to the podcast, like my diabetes, like my sugars were going higher. And I think it's because like I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like an active area of my brain being exercised, if that makes sense. It's kind of like. No, that's, even that's kind of the most know. awesome feedback I've ever gotten. Like, yeah, I think that's so great. It's- like I have to listen to you in order to keep my numbers better. <laughs> hey, everyone who's listening, that's a good point. You have to listen to the podcast every week or something <laughs> yeah. horrible will happen to you. Now, I don't even have to market it. If everyone's scared, then they'll, they'll <laughs> then everybody will get up on Tuesday and be like, I have to download that show. Meanwhile, do I always put it out on Tuesday? I feel like I don't. Sometimes it's like <laughs> later Tuesday or Wednesday. Sometimes I'm like, you know what, Monday will be fine. I'm really not as well planned out as I, you might hope. One thing that helps me not worry so much and not have to plan as much as maybe other people do is Dexcom. While some of you are busy, you know, counting your carbs down to the last half carb and figuring out your ratios and just wringing your hands, making sure that that next bolus is going to be exactly right. Sometimes I just put the insulin in and, you know, if I'm wrong, I adjust. How do I do that? Well, I use the information that comes back from Arden's Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Because Dexcom tells me when Arden's blood sugar is on the move. Is it rising or falling? And how fast is it moving? Dexcom knows. And it tells me through its share and follow features. See, Arden's at school right now. And her blood sugar is, let me turn and look, 101. She's actually been eating lunch now for about 25 minutes. But if that bolus we did together doesn't quite work and our blood sugar starts going up, we'll know before it's too late and there's time to do something about it. Same if we kind of got a little aggressive with that bolus and later, oh, falling blood sugar. Don't worry. We'll find out way before it becomes a problem and address it with some fast-acting carb. Now, these are my results and yours may vary, but I find Dexcom to be an indispensable tool in Arden's day-to-day life with type 1 diabetes. And I think you would too. Check them out at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Start today with the G6. Have a completely new experience with your type 1 diabetes. You can find links in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. Okay, so that's amazing. So you found the podcast, listened to it, passed it on to Alina, but it, so she didn't know about it prior to you starting to work with her daughter at school. So, all right. So let's let's kind of like go a couple of different ways. And if I ask you questions about another person that you can't answer, just say, Scott, that's not my business. I can't say that. But okay. <laughs> so for you so far, you're using an Omnipod and Dexcom. And, and I want to just say, while Brie has not said specifically she bought them because of the podcast, I do think I deserve more money for the ads because she did buy them. <laughs> so, um, but, but, but no, but so you have, you have, you have a Dexcom and you have a, a you know, a pump. Are you, what was the first thing that you took from the podcast that made a big difference for you? Um, I think just having the, the CGM, um, was, I was like, I need that. You know, why don't I have that? Why don't they give that to you? straight out of the hospital you know I understand like getting the pens at first and you know knowing how the insulin works and being more Mm -hmm. hands-on but I mean the CGM like why would you not you know it's like so weird so you got a you got a CGM and 
then you could see what the insulin was doing. You kind of apply what yeah. you're hearing on the podcast and what you're seeing in your real life. And if I can ask, where are you at with all that? Like what, what's a, what, what's an A1C that you're kind of getting kind of comfortably at this point? Yeah. Well, when I was first diagnosed, I think it was like 13 something. And then after that three, just three months later, it was already a 6.2. Mm-hmm. So I was like on top of it, but I was also honeymooning as well. Um, and also I just listened to the episode the other day about insurance Mm -hmm. and I just turned 26, which means that I got kicked off of my amazing parents insurance where I didn't pay a penny for any of these things. So I was kind of having some anxiety of not having, um, insulin, you know, of when I'm going to have my next insurance and all that stuff. So I wasn't using my, um, my pump during over the holidays. So that was really difficult because it's like all the extra food and all that stuff. But um, so I haven't been to the endo, so I don't even know what my A1C is right now. What was your last one that you remember? <laughs> I think it was like, it was higher than, than usual. It was like a 7.2 or something, which I wasn't too happy with. Very but. respectable A1C, but I, I hear what you're saying. So are you, I didn't expect to talk about this, but are you, how, how long will it take you to find insurance? Like what's your plan? Well, yeah, today's actually the last day to apply. So after I get off of this, I need to figure that out. Um, yeah, because I want to stay with all my old doctors and stuff, which is like huge for me. Right. Um, so I just need to find a plan that I can stick with everyone and that, you know, Omnipod Dexcom works with too. So you're still a student. And, yeah. And you don't... And- I guess this isn't. We can't out you on the podcast, but I mean, I'm, oh, let's just, you're not you're not working for a company that offers insurance, is what I was going to say. Nope, nope. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's do this. <laughs> By you, there is so much about you that I want to talk about, and yet there's details here. So I'm looking up at my clock to make sure we're okay. Okay. So, yeah. to the little girl that you help at school, do you find it motivating? Like, like it's, do you know what I mean? Like I'm assuming there's a standard that like if I had, I have a job, I've had jobs in my life. Right. And I show up in the, you know, to my, to my work and there's a standard, there's an expectation. I have to do so many things, put so many things away, whatever it is I have to do. And if I don't do those things, my employer looks at me and says, you're not cutting it. So I'm kind of guessing it's similar. Whereas if the mother's sake, look, we're paying you, you're coming to the school. I want my kid's blood sugar to be this is our goal. And if it doesn't, I want you to get it back. Like, do you feel like that about it? Or do you feel, how, how does it strike you? I mean, it's just, diabetes is so unpredictable as you know. So I feel like that would be so much pressure if the mom was like, Oh my God, like, you know, why is this not happening? Or why, you know, why is her number still at this? Um, I mean, I just, I do what I need to do. Like I give corrections when needed, yeah. um, treat a low. I mean, that's what I'm there for. I'm not like an endo. Right. Right. You know? And so I just wanted to, I wanted to understand like for people, yeah. listening, like it's not like you show up and they're like, look, if the kid's blood sugar goes over 140, we're not paying you for the last hour. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. The mom and I are super close. So we, we communicate effectively. So <laughs> you're, know. you're a comfort and a safety and a communication yeah. Person. Okay. All right. Excellent. And and so when you see her, when you see her blood sugar and it's like stable and yours isn't, does that feel weird that you were able to keep one person's but not yours? Like I'm trying to figure out what that feels like to like be managing. Let me tell you why. So uh, two weeks ago, I was approached by 
uh, a mother of a, a small child, about a four-year-old, and they said they had just kind of, I forget the word she used, but there was desperation in her note to me. And she sent along a CGM graph that went from like, you know, 60 to 400 uh, mm. over and over again, like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it was, uh, but there was something about her note that just, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't send like, hey, good luck or anything like that. I just, I yeah. was like, look, you can call me. And we talked for 45 minutes or so. And, um, and then I did something I'd never done before, which I almost shudder to say here, but I followed her kid on Dexcom for a little bit to help her mm -hmm. like kind of adjust things more quickly. And that was a Tuesday. And by Thursday, she sent me back her first six-hour period that wasn't under 70 or over 130. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Right? And she, I was so happy for her. And, and then I, you know, I said, look, you don't need me. You know, let me go away now. But there was a moment during that where I missed on one of Arden's boluses. And Arden's blood sugar was like 200. And, and the, little <laughs> kid, the little kid's blood sugar was 110. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I got that one right, but that one wrong? I'm related to that one. You, you know, like, so it felt, for a split second, it felt weird. Like, I was like, like it, it, does it feel like a lot when you're sitting there? And you're, or do, or do, is your diabetes on kind of cruise control? or? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much on cruise control. I'm really aggressive with my insulin, which I am with her too. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I'll come in and the nurse has just overtreated a low by accident or something, yeah. and she'll be like, "Hi," and that it's like I'm I have to deal with that. Like she's about to eat, I have to, you know, rebolus and crank up her temp basal. So it's nice because I kind of just get to do my own thing on you know, what my gut is telling me to do. Cause it's like, if anything happens, I'm there. Like if I give too much insulin, which I'd prefer than not give enough. Cause it's like a whole battlefield then I'm there to treat below. So it's like, I like that. Nice. Listen, I think yeah. it's great. I think, I think it's possible that, you know, someone could hear that and be like, wow, that's a, that's a nice have, you know, like, yeah. like it really is. But, but I get it. Like I, I was in that position where Arden was diagnosed when she was two. By the time she was four, a full year before she started kindergarten, and not with any of the good gear that you know we have today with Dexcom and, and, and Omnipod and stuff like that, I was in a panic. I was like, I don't understand how I'm going to send my kid to this school. Like, she was little. She weighed like 20-some pounds, and she was like this little yeah. thing, you know? And, um, and it, it, it really did panic me. And that's – I back then – back then before – even like texting was a big thing and all that. I just put it in her 504 plan. Like every time they tested her blood sugar and they had to do something, I made them call me. Mm -hmm. And and that was not something they were thrilled about. And it was, yeah. but it was a small school. So it was reasonably doable. So I get this, especially out there where I'm assuming this is a large school with a lot of kids in it, right? Um, It's a private school. It's not too crazy. It's okay. not, yeah, okay. it's not like overwhelming. Okay. All right, yeah. so you do what you do. Now, you have another job because you are a hardworking yeah. individual. Tell me what yeah. your other job is. So my other job is working with a family who um, they are total workaholics and they travel a lot for their job. Mm -hmm. So I stay overnight with the girls. Both of them have type 1. So that is a lot of <laughs> A lot of work. One of the older one, they're older too. Um, the younger one is 11. Mm -hmm. She has a pump, no CGM, which is terrifying. And I hate that. And um, the older one is 16, just got her driver's license. And um, she has a Dexcom and no, no pump. She does um, MDI 
but she hardly ever even wears her Dexcom. So it's so funny. It's not funny, actually. It's interesting because the family that I work for with the daughter at the school, the Mm -hmm. first grader, those parents are so on top of their daughter. You know, they care so much about their health. And then the other family, you know, it's just like totally lenient and laid back. The girls is the gr- the girls A1Cs are always very high in the nines, tens. Um, it's it's crazy. So it's interesting going from that, um, you know, that the first dynamic to the second. Sometimes in the same day, where it's like the same disease, but you know they don't care about it at all. Feels different, and so so this is super interesting. So maybe a we shouldn't use your name in the beginning of this, and, and, and maybe, <laughs> but, but 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 so now, I, I guess what I was going to say is like don't care or just so busy that they're they've kind of left it to the kids, and the kids are managing it as best people their age can do. Like or, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I think the mom cares. It's not that she doesn't care. Maybe the kids don't care. The mom cares, but I don't think that she understands the, um, you know, the complexity. Yeah, the the complexity of it and the future repercussions of it. So. And but by not understanding, so they have to understand on some level. So do you think it is it down to like I just don't imagine that there's anything we can do to affect this? Like it's. It, it does what it does, and I'm just along for the ride. Is there yeah, that it seems that. yeah, it's really strange, and it's like something that I don't want to, you know, step into. When I'm there, when I'm there, I'm on their butt about it, which they hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my text to the because I have her on my phone, the Dexcom, when she's wearing it. Yeah. But she'll it'll just be like hi for hours, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so my text to her like, give insulin, give insulin, give insulin. Um, I'm like, don't make me show up to your school and like stab you with an insulin pen. But I want to make sure I have my head wrapped around this. The older yeah. one has a pump, but no Dexcom. The younger one has a Dexcom, but no pump. Or did I get that backwards? Opposite. Opposite. The, okay. Yeah. So the older one has MDI and Dexcom. The younger one has Omnipod right. and no Dexcom. Okay. No, she has uh, Medtronic. Oh, oh, she's using a Medtronic pump. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the wrong choice, but. I, it's funny. I used to, I tried that pump out for a, for a bit and I did not like it. I, I went from the no tubing to the tubing and it was like, it was not okay. Like my dog was chewing on the. The time I woke up from a nap, I was like, okay, this is, this has got to go. <laughs> well, well, so I have a couple of things that happened to me recently that I, I'm, I'm going to share one of them here. I did a uh, talk. I, you know what? I can't even say that. I'm going to have to scrub that out and go back. So recently <laughs> I, I spoke to a person who has connections with a hospital. Okay. So mm-hmm. they have, um, you know, can look at me trying to talk around so I'm so bad at talking. This is how you know I'm being honest the other times because my, my words come out so easy. Yeah. Um, let's say there's a medical person who sees people with diabetes and they told me that as much as you would like to hope that parents all are, hey, let's take care of this, you know, I'm here with you, that there are some parents who just really don't want to be bothered and, mm. and, and will just, they, they, they said that it's kind of sad because what they see them do is they give the kids the big talk. Like 
you know, this is your disease and you have to own it and everything. But they said, but if you ask me, what they really mean is I don't want to be bothered with this. Wow. That is so interesting. And not like my expectation. Isn't it funny how you, you just sort of, everyone imagines that the world is the way that it is for you. Like, right. Like I, like I, I know how I feel about parenting and I know that I have made, um, choices in my life that put my kids well before my, before me. And I sort of just assume then that everyone's doing that. And to right. have, to have a medical professional stand in front of you and tell you that is not the case, um, for it's everyone, heartbreaking. It, yeah. it, it was it's... shocking a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, I... and especially when you try to put it on a kid who then doesn't have good tools, even if mm-hmm. they wanted to do it well, I mean, how would they accomplish that? You, you know what I mean? Without anybody directing them or helping them or showing them the way. You're so interesting, Bri, because you have, you are sitting smack dab in the middle of two completely opposite situations. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even realize that when we were talking, uh, when we were talking about getting together and doing this. This is amazing. You're, you're like the Oracle. You can see all over. And so, okay. So let me, let me ask you a couple of questions. Kids who aren't that interested or don't have the direction, do you feel like it's not your job to help them? Because you know, you know how to handle this better than they are. So do you, yeah. do you think it's not your job? Have they rebuked you and you've tried? Like, what's that setup like? No, I am. Like I said, I am like totally on their butt, which I feel like sometimes they dread when their parents are traveling because they're like, oh, God, Bree's going to be here. Like, I'm going to have to get my act together just because like we'll sit down to eat. And I'm like, oh, did you give insulin? And then they'll just look at me and they'll be like, oh, oops, nope. And yeah, this was like the first week that I was stayed with them since um, since last year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um the new year. And I was like, Oh, like, do you guys not have diabetes? Like in the new year? Like, was that your resolution? <laughs> so, like, I'll kind of like mess with them joke. You know, I joke around with them a lot, but it's like, dude, give your insulin. Like what is going on? And so it's just an apathy. Now, can I ask you, are they apathetic about other aspects of life or is it specifically the diabetes? No, it's just the diabetes. The older one is very embarrassed about it. None of her friends know that she has it actually. I don't even know. So that's, it's amazing. Yeah. How long has she had diabetes? She's had it for, I think, uh, two or three years. So she was like at that weird, you know, adolescent transitionary yeah. to teenager phase she, when she was diagnosed. Was she the first diagnosis in the family or the second? No, the second. Uh, she was probably thinking she got away with it for a while, right? Like you were probably like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it got her, not me. Like a like a bad horror movie. You're like, oh, my friend's dead, but I'm leaving. And so, yeah, no, no, I, I, oh wow. And so you, you feel terrible right off the bat because, and so, yeah. and so, like, have you ever tried to? And I don't know if you don't think this is your place, or maybe just flatly isn't your place. Like, have you ever said to them, look, if you. Listen, if I told you tomorrow we were going to eat at six, could I get you to, you know, start thinking about your blood sugar an hour before dinner just for a minute? Like, do you do you tell them like that's like that's a tool that would would keep your blood sugar down? And like, do you hit them with the like, you know, highs cause lows? And once you're high, it's hard to get down. And like, do you? Oh, totally. And it just kind of bounces off. I mean, I feel like they just don't care enough to even absorb that information. Like, it's so irrelevant to them. Hmm. Does does one have a better grasp of it than the other? No. No. They're pretty much in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting what you're saying about what the, the doctor said, because I feel like parents lay the foundation of, 
the kid's relationship to diabetes or, you know, or just any topic. It's like, you know, you need to care for yourself and it's, it's a team effort. You know, it's like the, the family I work for at the school, like I said, everyone has a phone and everyone makes an effort to take care of this little girl's health. And it's like the other kids don't even understand anything about it. So, and it's a willful misunderstanding because it's not that they don't have the, I mean, these aren't, I mean, their parents travel a lot for work and they're paying you to watch them. I'm assuming there's a couple of dollars rolling around the house where they could, um, you know, go find things out if they wanted to. They can afford to go to the doctor and that sort of thing. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, it's, and it's so funny. These Both families have the same doctor. The same show. Interesting. I thought that was crazy. Well, and not uncommon. Like in a, in, a, in an area, I there's people right, who like live kids, around me so who are like, yeah, yeah, have the same doctor. So, hmm. Wow. Okay, hold on. I got a little like I, I got thrown there by that a little bit. I did not expect you. I mean, in fairness, I never expect anything from anybody because I do no work before we sit down and talk, which is on purpose for anybody who's new to the podcast. I like the conversation to be organic. I just yeah. did not expect you to tell me what you told me. So, it's yeah. it's it's weird to imagine. I'm imagining the situation that you're in with them because. Again, you've by the way, you've only had diabetes for a year and a half. These kids have probably yeah. had it longer than you. They're probably like, listen, you don't know what you're talking about. I've, had, you know, there's probably part of them that thinks, wait till you get to where I'm at, you'll you'll see how hard this is. And then there's this other part of my head who thinks, I'm thinking back to the person I talked about earlier. Met him on a Tuesday, blood sugar's all mm-hmm. over the place. Thursday, yeah. blood sugar's not over. Like a 45 minute phone call and a couple of follow ups, and look mm-hmm. where they got. And then it makes me feel like. Oh, I could do that with that kid too. Or somebody mm-hmm. somebody could do that with those children. And and you know, but it does take listen, I'm gonna say something that'll sound like I'm speaking well of myself for a second, but I'm not. I think if I'm good at one thing, it's I not, not I guess I have the information. Having the information is one thing. I think I'm good at explaining the information. And mm-hmm. so I, I I don't think I don't think I'm the only person that can do it, and I don't think that it works every time, but I do think that it's uncommon for me to tell you that I can talk to somebody for 45 minutes and help them understand their insulin better. But I've, right. done, I've done it enough times now that I'm comfortable saying that it is true more often than not. Um, but, if you, but how does one doctor get it through? So, so I guess it's the parent, right? Like, I guess it's the fact that, yeah. right, you have a, a child who's too young to make its own decision. So the parent gets to decide, we're going to be proactive and take good care of this. And I'm going to figure out how to do that and put time and effort into that. And it's working for that little kid and, and that little kindergartner. And then you have the other side where the family's not saying that. They're saying, hey, here's your stuff. Go take care of it. And the kids don't have success, which if my interviews in the past have taught me anything, those girls don't want to be in the situation they're in. They right. don't know what to do about it. And like, because there's plenty of I- interviews with people in their thirties who had diabetes through those formative like teen years. And they'll tell you, I just needed someone to help me. I wanted my mom to tell me, Hey, I'll help you with this. We'll figure it out together. Something like that. Um, yeah. I think everyone wants that. I mean, when I, yeah, when I was first diagnosed, I had a boyfriend and he was just like not very supportive Mm -hmm. of my diabetes. We were together for five years, broke up over this past summer. And there'd be times where I'd be like sitting 
on the couch so low. He had my Dexcom. It would literally say like low arrow down. I'd be like, I can't move. Can you get me a juice? And he'd be like, you can get your own juice. Huh. So tough. it's like, so, nothing, yeah. nothing like <laughs> tough love during a seizure. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love it. <laughs> Five years, Mary? Come on. There was yeah. no one better that came. Is he really handsome? Um, yeah, not really. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, but, so would um, it be wrong to name no. this episode Bree's ugly ex-boyfriend was a jerk? <laughs> love that. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that, but see, it, interestingly enough, again, what you're describing is a person who doesn't understand and isn't willing to take the time to understand. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which, can I ask you, this, this one's going all over the place. And I'm gonna I'm gonna lead you a little bit with this question because I can't imagine your answers otherwise. But fairly heartbreaking to find out a person you'd been with for five years didn't care enough about you to figure it out. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and that's been the aspect with a lot of my friendships too. I've kind of realized, like, with since I've been diagnosed, like, who came to the hospital to be with me? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, my one of my best friends is on my Dexcom share. Like she's she cares and she's important. So it's kind of like allowed me to like filter out people in my life in a way of just because, you know, they make me pick through their character. Exactly. I met a person recently who experienced a, a gap in their insurance coverage. They had medical insurance. They had Dexcom and Omnipod, and then they lost it. I'm happy to report they have it back now, but they also have a perspective that they lacked previously. I want you to know how impactful it was to me to stand in front of someone who is literally crying tears of joy to get their insulin pump back again. This person was just standing there holding their PDM and just grateful to have it. And I thought here is someone who really understands what the Omnipod brought to their life and knew what it felt like to have it taken away. Now, for those of you who don't have an Omnipod right now, you have nothing to compare it to. But if you would have been there with me and seen the just absolute gratification on this person's face to have this back in their life, I think you would know what it meant to them. It was incredibly powerful. And so, you know, we stand here and talk about temp basal rates and tubeless nature and you can swim with it. You don't have to disconnect for sports, but it's more than that. So take a minute, go to myomnipod.com, get yourself a free no-obligation demo of the Omnipod today, and find out what that person knows, what I know. Life with type 1 diabetes really is better when you have Omnipod. I know this seems like a fairly melodramatic story, and you might have trouble believing it, but it is 100% true. Just in case you still can't believe me, just know that that demo that you can get from Omnipod is free. It has absolutely no obligation and allows you the opportunity to wear a pod and try it for yourself. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Listen, I, I, I want to tell you this. Years ago, I, I, um, I interviewed some people, and, I, and I, they're married. And they told me a little bit about their courtship and when they met and how one of them found out the other one had diabetes. And, and I can't remember if it was the, the, the woman, I think it was, realized the guy was just such a good guy. And she had been through so many guys prior to that who were not supportive of her diabetes and, and what she needed to do. And, and she realized, I think, pretty immediately she was going to marry the guy. And I thought that the, the tone of that episode, really the takeaway of it, should be that when you find the right person, you'll know, and then you'll be grateful. Oh, yeah. You'll be grateful for not having been with the others, you know. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Dating with diabetes, like at my age is like so weird too. Cause it's like, some people will say the stupidest things. Like I was on a date with this guy and he's like, do you have the good kind or the bad kind? It's like, Oh my God, like (laughs) this is so annoying. So it's just like another component of like being added onto the burden of having diabetes and having to work with it every day. But like having to introduce that to a new person is like kind of scary, you know, because how are they going to take it? Yeah. Are they going to understand? Do you, but do you ever put yourself back in that spot you were in, in that doctor's office where you were like yes. type ones, like pre-diabetes and I'll make yes. it go away with a setup. Like, so, yeah. but I guess at some point it gets, tire, yeah, it gets tiresome, right? To yeah. explain it. Yeah. Okay. What do, what do you got to do there? Are you going to start a dating app for people with type oh, one? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. That's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, so that they know what they're, you know, like it's no different than if you like, like let's say you had a fetish where you loved bridges. You wouldn't want to spend time with people who didn't also love bridges because, <laughs> because that would just be a waste of your time because a, a person who didn't love bridges would look at you at dinner and go, where did you want to go after this? And say, no, thank you. But no, I mean, I wonder if there's a way to, I guess there's not really like dating such an odd thing to begin with, right? Like there's yeah. this whole, this whole like just blanket of humanity around you and who, who of them are someone you'd be attracted to visually, someone you'd be attracted to emotionally, intellectually, like all these things that whittle down, whittle down, whittle down that start from this big pile of people moving around you, getting you down to the few that fit these categories. And then you got to find one who doesn't hear, Oh, you have diabetes. Is it the good kind or the bad kind? Can you imagine if you went to, uh, did this happen to you? Was this a guy you thought was like a good, a good choice? I did. I mean, obviously I explained it to him after that, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, and then there's just been like other people who are like really interested in it and like want to learn all about it. And going back to like what we were saying about how parents kind of like build the foundation of the relationship with it. Same with me. Like I feel like my ex-boyfriend made me feel like any partner will feel like it's a burden and like I shouldn't talk about it with other people and I should just like keep it to myself. That can't so be it's though. Really, right, exactly. So it's been like interesting like meeting other people and like learning, oh, it's, it's like people actually are interested about it and like want to help me and you know, it's okay to come out of my shell about it. So as someone who is, I guess... I'm just barking. Oh, no, he's <laughs> fine. As, as someone who is probably pretty close enough to being old enough to be your parent, right? But probably not. I mean, it would be creepy. I would have been like 17 or something like that one. But, you know, it would have been, you would have been our, my little mistake in high school. But the, just the point, <laughs> the point is I still am old enough to tell you that you can't build a personal relationship where you feel like you need to hide stuff. It, right. it, will, it will encumber you in a way that I don't even think you'll understand until it's too late. You can't hide. You know what I mean? Please, I don't want to find out everybody listening to this podcast got divorced next month because they all ran home and they were like, hey, there's something I haven't said. So but so if you've been hiding something long enough, just keep hiding it. You're doing fine. But I mean, you don't want to is what I'm saying. Uh, you, you would prefer to be open. for the other person. Yeah, no, you don't need that. You are, you have enough. You have diabetes. You're a grad student. You're, you're, you're multiple jobs. You're working hard. You're going to start hearing other people's problems as a part of your, you know, your, your life as an adult. Oh, I already do. I got my whole clientele. Exactly. I, moral of the story is he was just uneducated about all of it and didn't care enough to do any research. Or come to you and just say, what? look, we've been together a really long time 
and I think I'd like to ask you to marry me, but I'm really concerned that uh, you yeah. can't have a healthy baby. Is that true? Yeah, you, normal you know, people talk about things. You, you know? also could have Googled it, you, you know, like, which, <laughs> yeah. listen, you did well to get rid of that one. You're good. So, <laughs> Thank you. No, 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 absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's exhausting to hear. And, and, and so, for, so for people who are listening who have younger children um, who think, oh my God, is this what my kid has to look forward to in dating? There are also plenty of, yeah, there are plenty of episodes that don't go this way with people who find great people. And so don't worry. Plus, there are plenty of people without diabetes dating jerks too. So, <laughs> they're everywhere. They're yeah. everywhere. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's take a breath for a second. Okay. You know what? I'm going to put an ad here. I just got back from Orlando where I attended Dancing for Diabetes Touch by Type 1 event. I was able to meet a lot of you, and I really appreciate you making the trip to come out and talk to me about what the podcast has meant to you. And I also got to speak with new people who had never heard about the podcast. This is all thanks to Dancing for Diabetes and what they're trying to do for people living with Type 1. Take a minute to check them out. Dancing4diabetes.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. I don't know where I want to go with our last 10 minutes because I don't want to pick too far into other people's um, private stuff. I don't want to put you in a position to have to talk about other people. Um, And at the same time, you've only had diabetes for a year and a half, which is both a a long time and a short time. Yep. Um, Are you excited? Will you... You have Dexcom and Omnipod. Will you move on to a Horizon artificial pancreas when it's available in a in a year or so, or or what's your thought about artificial pancreas in the future? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, I like I said, I had the Medtronic and like that's I, I was at like what was it? it their goal thing is like one forty mm-hmm. of the blood sugar. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah. So is it is it? I was listening to that podcast episode last night actually with the guy from Omnipod. He did say it is user definable, right? They said that's their goal. They say that every time that I tell them, I mean, I guess it's still going through the FDA review process. I guess it comes down to what they can prove they can make work and work safely and make, oh, and, and, you know what I yeah. mean? So, um, but it sounds like that is their goal. I think that any pump company who's trying to make a, a closed loop system who doesn't see that as a, a shortcoming of the first ones that are on the market is not paying attention. I think Omnipod's paying attention. So, uh yeah, because right, what's the point if you're keeping your blood sh- like if you have an A1C with it's an average blood sugar of one ten, why would you want to switch to something? Exactly, it's like I'd rather just put in the extra work. But at the same time, those girls that you're talking about that you that you work with, they they would really benefit from something like they that. They would. Right, right, right. So there's a lot of value in it for everyone. It just depends. It just depends on what your what your definition is, I guess. And, yeah. and and how much work you're willing to put in otherwise. Because I have to agree with you. If you told me that it was going to keep Arden's blood sugar at 140, I'd say, well, I, I guess I'm not interested then. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I would love the overnight. Now, if you told me you could throw into auto mode overnight, and I don't know, maybe that would tease me enough to try it and then like do it manually otherwise. But I don't know if it's going to have manual modes and auto modes. Like We don't know enough about it yet to, to make yeah. that decision. But I'm excited. Like I think it's yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think the future is uh, is now, for the lack of a better uh, yeah and and less cheesy phrase. But but I think I think it really is. Um, and it's only going to go uh, and get better from here. So do you live you live by yourself right now? I do. What's that like? Um, 
because you said you're pretty aggressive with your insulin, but you live by yourself. How do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you keep yourself from worrying? Um, Dexcom share. I mean, I have my mom on there. I have my friend who lives down the street from me. And every time I go low, I mean, my phone is blowing up. (laughs) Can't avoid it. God, Like I just ate, like they don't understand either. Like it takes a few minutes to kick in. Right. I'm like, Jesus, like, I just had a juice, like, give it some time. <laughs> that happened to us last night. Arden's blood sugar went to, like, um, it, it got to 70, so it alarmed. It was, like, 4 in the morning. And and I was, like, I got up, and I'm pulling myself together. And I'm, like, what am I going to do about this? Like, am I going to do something? So I looked at the trend line, and I thought, okay, I think this is going to continue down. So I gave her a little bit of juice, and I didn't want to shut her basil off because I knew she's getting up in two hours and, you know, Four o'clock's getting close enough to, you know, her kind of witching hour where her blood sugar starts to kind of creep back up again. So I didn't want to cut basil. So I just gave her some juice and I got back in bed. Same thing. Like I figured three revolutions of the Dexcom, maybe 15 minutes or so, and I'd be, I'd feel comfortable going to bed. Every time it beeped between then and when it ended up being 20 minutes later when I was comfortable going back to sleep, my wife barely came out of her sleep and she'd go, she was like, three beeps, just three beeps, just three beeps. <laughs> I was like, what? She's okay. And I'm like, she's okay. It's okay. I've got it. Okay. And now, you know, now I'm like, I'm online. I'm trying to read the news or just keep myself awake for 10 minutes, you know. Five minutes later, beep, beep, beep. Hey, there's three, there's three. Like she had, I was like, oh my God. I'm like, go back to sleep. It's like she, <laughs> she did it every time for four times. And, oh then, and finally it rose up over 70. And I don't know if I was more relieved that Arden's blood sugar was going up or that my wife was going to stop half popping out of sleep, like talking about how many times she could hear beeping. Uh, yeah. I was just like, oh, but, but so that's really interesting when, so when people text you or call you, you respond, you hear it. Yeah. Okay. And some people don't. So at what, what number, do, what number do people start calling you at? With your Urgent low only. Uh, so under 55. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Look, I, it's a great support system to have. Just they just want to make sure I'm awake because right. sometimes it just happens like if I'm taking a nap or something. So yeah. And how frequently do you get under fifty five? Do you think it happens? Couple- um, not that often. I usually just like turn off my my basil if I'm at like sixty. Mm-hmm. So it'll like start creeping back up. Yeah, I like the way you're yeah. doing this. I can't believe. So and so you pick that stuff up from this podcast. Oh my God. Yes. And you know, like no one, I wouldn't, if it weren't for you, like I wouldn't have even known any of this, you know, like the endos in the hospital are like, Oh, you give, you give a shot when you, right before you eat. And it's like, no, you don't do that. Like that, <laughs> you know, that screws you up. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Like I really don't, I have enough contact with people that, you know, I get emails and by the way, you guys have been writing a lot more lately, even than you had been in the past, which I really appreciate. But if I don't get back to you right away, it's just cause I'm like a one man operation over here. But, um, I, I get back to everybody at some point. Uh, but to hear someone say it is it's nice. Like, I don't know another way to put it to hear you say that is really just, I feel good about that. So, um, it's really cool for you to share that with me and, yeah. And everything you're doing, really. I mean, like, look at in one way or another, you're helping three other people with diabetes besides yourself. Um, do you ever feel with the the two older girls that you that you work with? Does it ever bother you? Do you ever feel badly about it? Like, I sometimes take on guilt from other people. So if I if I try to help somebody out and they can't figure it out, it makes me feel bad. And I don't know if that's me or like, do you ever feel like that? Do you ever 
wish you could impose yourself on them or teach them faster or better or like does it or are you pretty good at keeping it separate yeah I feel like I'm pretty good at keeping it separate just because like with my therapist job like I same with that like I have to keep like the you know, the stories I hear in there separate from my home life as well. So it's kind of like same with that job. Like I have to keep that separate. I can't carry that burden with me, but, um, yeah, it's, it's tough when the kid does not have a CGM and, you know, it's on me. Like I am the, the, the caretaker. So it's like, I'm setting my alarm, you know, every two hours to go check her sugar. Cause I'm so paranoid about it. I don't like that. I don't like where I can't see where she's going. So I would love for her to get a Dexcom at some point. And do, do you give her insulin when she's sleeping without her knowing? Yeah, through her, her pump. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's that kind of comfort level between Yeah. You. And I'm yeah. sure they're not looking to be that involved anyway. So anybody that's helping is probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. They would love if I could just follow them around everywhere and do it for them. Well, I'll follow them on the Dexcom and I'll get them going. I, I figured out it takes me, takes me about three days to teach somebody how to do it. But they have to... <laughs> But they have to listen, though. They they can't say, yeah. you know, then they have to wrap their head around the ideas. And wow, yeah. it's so interesting. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's interesting, too, because there's a, a, a boy named William that was on this past year. And he was 15 at the time I talked. Oh, I think I listened to that one. Right? But yeah. it, he's just, it, it, it's funny how it's the opposite. Like, he heard the information. Oh, like, oh I want to try this, right? I'm going to try it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do you ever try to... Could you get the older one to like just listen to the podcast to see if they would connect with it or not? Or do you think I mean, do you think I they're can, beyond that? I can talk to her about it. Um, I just don't. Yeah, I think she's just at such a weird age right now, mm-hmm. and I hope that she'll care more as she gets older. And maybe, and I tell her, you know, maybe it might take a health scare of something happening for you to realize how important it is for your numbers to be more consistent and more steady. It's so hard to so, know how to talk to someone uh, about it. Yeah. It's yeah. really difficult to know what to say to somebody like, do they need to, do they need, um, you know, some people need a kick in the butt. Some people need a pat on the back, like that whole thing. Like, yeah. and, and how do you know who is who? And, you know, exactly. Then when you go back and listen to somebody who's 36 tell you that when I was 15, if my mom just would have done this, that would have meant the world or that or, you know, been there. I've, I've talked to people who want to help their kids. It is to some degree, you know, not to some degree, it's, it's completely about how available the child is to the information, like, right, like yeah. how much do they resist it or want to listen. And um, I, I, I always tell them the same thing, like you have to, you have to like sit down and just say, Look, obviously we haven't done really well at this so far, but I've got some new information and I need a month to put it into practice. And to and so you gotta cut me a break for a month. Like for a month I'm gonna say bolus and I need you to do it when when we say because yeah. I, I need to learn what's happening so that we can make because that's the really to me, that's the heartbreaking thing, is that if they understood the things that we talk about here, that diabetes really would be less of their day. If they yeah. if they just knew what to do and and kind of did it in a timely fashion and and they're being overwhelmed with it, it's probably constantly on their mind. You, you know, even though they act like it's not. 
Yeah. And I actually went to, um, what was it? Connected in motion, the diabetes camp. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my friend that I was telling you about her and I went and there is, um, a diabetes psychologist there and he kind of made a good point. He's like, if you're in denial about your diabetes, like you're thinking about it more and it's being more of a burden in your life. Whereas if it's just like you give insulin for your food, that's like a routine thing. Yeah. You know, it's just like an added step that we have to do. I was Versus it's like, oh my God, like, I don't want my CGM to show or like, I don't want, you know, anyone to see me pulling out my PDM because it's so bulky and embarrassing. Like, that's how the older one thinks. Like, she has that mindset and right. that must be like so hindering to her yeah. and, you know, a huge weight on her shoulders versus if she's like open about it. It absolutely know? is heartbreaking. Like, to, to hear you yeah, talk about is. them is 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 really kind of crushing. And I think yeah. that's, a, it's a, what we say. It's what I tell people all the time. Like, I know I say to them, like, look, you have to pre-bolus a little bit. Then, hey, if it tries to go up, you can nudge it back down. Like, And people are like, oh, my God, you must be involved with this all the time. I'm like, no, barely ever. You, you yeah. know, like, like once you get on a, a roll with it, you understand how to do it. It really requires much less of your time, effort, and, right. your, and your attention, which then yep. you can drift off and think about other things um, and not worry about anything. And like I just said to somebody the other day, I'm like, the first thing I need you to do here is move the high alarm down in your Dexcom. And she's oh, like, yeah. and then people always say the same thing. It's going to beep all the time. I'm like, no, it won't. I was like, if you, if you and I yeah. talk about this a couple times, it will not beep all the time. I promise you. And so, yeah, okay. Well, obviously, it's difficult to know, you know, how much you can impose yourself into another person's life. Uh, and it's, I'm, I'm not telling you you need to be doing it or that, you know, that you're, uh, you're, you're certainly not letting them down. You're doing them a huge you know, a huge thing already by being there for them the way you are. I was just, yeah. I was more just wondering how, like how you found their availability to ideas and, and to help. Yeah. I mean, I tell them, you know, like insulin doesn't hit you for a while. You have to pre-bolus, you have to give insulin before your meals. And it's just like, it just goes in one ear out the other. Like the 11 year old is in her own little world of like slime and like, <laughs> like doing her own thing she doesn't care she doesn't understand the older one though like she would be able to understand if she actually you know was open to the idea so here's my thought like if if i was in your spot and i was with them based on what i know and, and based on what you know about your other job with the, the kindergarten age child what if you what if you approached it with them as hey listen you guys are about to have the greatest weekend of your life because I'm going to take care of your diabetes for 48 hours in a row. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and you're not involved. You're not going to be, it'll be hard on you. You'll be devastatingly, you know, like you'll be crushed, like no energy <laughs> at the end of the, of the two days. But I wonder if two days would be enough for you to get them into a better range so they could start to feel better and say to them, <laughs> look, this is what this took. Now, you know, why don't we do it together? and get you to a point where you can do this on your own. Like, I wonder if it's something you could show them. Um, because I yeah, think, that's yeah. you know what I mean? Because trying to get them involved in it is going to be nearly impossible because first yeah. of all, their blood sugar is crazy high. They're probably aggravated to begin with. And, mm -hmm. and, and they already don't understand. It's already probably a sense of shame for them. And so like, what if you came in and just reset them, like just hit control alt delete, which I think by now is a yeah, really old reference, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Like said, look, let's start over. I'm going to take care of it for a couple of days. I'm going to show you what I think you could do pretty easily. I don't know. <laughs> like, and they might tell you to go to hell. Like I have no idea, you, you know, but I just, it just, it runs through yeah. my head and it, it seems like such a, I don't know. I, it, I, it's hard. The, to hard 
the hard part is, is that they go to their dad's house over the weekend. So I watch them during the school week. So when they're at school, you know, they're not giving. Then they're gone. I mean, they say they do. They say they give insulin. But especially with the older one who has MDIs, like, how am I supposed to tell if she is? Yeah, because she's just, you know. Yeah, because she, like, she doesn't even have a pen, right, that measures it or tells you what she's used or. Hey, yeah, it's like, I have no idea. Yeah. Wow, um, yeah. All right. And yeah, so I don't know. That's a, I can do that when they're at home, though, like, and show them. Because also, like, what you were saying on some other podcast I was listening to the other day, I, like, totally binged <laughs> the other day. Okay. But you were saying, like, you want Arden to, like, be her most authentic self. Because it's, like, like you said, like, you're moody and irritable when your blood sugars are high and you're not being your normal self. Right. So that's, like, a huge component of it as well. Yeah, you just, I mean, it, it's so crazy to think that somebody could be having reactions and feelings that aren't really the ones they'd be having if their blood sugar was lower exactly. or higher. You know, that's yeah. just such an odd, uh, there's a ton about life I don't find fair, but the one thing that I don't find fair that kind of really makes me angry is the idea of wasted time. Like wasted time really <laughs> makes me upset. And to, mm -hmm. and to think that you might, that those kids might be living a day or a week where it's just, it's not who they would be. That's, uh, yeah. and, that's, that. and it's also, yeah. by the way, unfair to put you in a position at your age when you're not related to them to feel in any way responsible for that. But I was just, I'm just wondering, like, if you could just kind of take it from them, let them just relax, not think about it, but have good outcomes and then say, look, now let me like all together, we can, we can do this together. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's a really good idea. I don't know. that If you did that, you could, you know. You could definitely ask for a raise after that. So <laughs> you'd be like, "Hey, I fixed your kids' blood sugars, and yeah. no, and nobody broke into the house, so I'm gonna need some, you know, an, an update to the pay." Yeah. Well, Brie, oh you were really delightful. I appreciate you so much coming on. Um, we're over an hour, so let me just ask you if there's anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to that I might have missed. Mm, not that I know of. No, we covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, look, there was so much. There are just you yeah. have, like you have. There are three things that we spoke of. We could have just talked about you the whole time, which would have been reasonable. We could have talked about you in the kindergarten. I just was trying to hit on everything because. No, it's perfect. This yeah, is super interesting. So okay, well, thank you so much, and I appreciate yeah, that you. you um, that you put so much effort into being on. I'm glad you got rid of the boyfriend who doesn't care about you. Your Me dog too. is adorable. Um, <laughs> Please keep in touch. I'd love to know how things are going. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. You as well. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. I believe we can all agree that Brianna was very open and honest and a lot of fun to talk to. And I think we could agree too that we want to find out more about Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. We're going to go to the show notes. We're going to click on the links. We're going to go to their web pages, dancingfordiabetes.com. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox and myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Let me take a moment to thank you for all the great ratings and reviews that have been popping up on Instagram for your emails and social media notes and in general for sharing the show with other people. This again will be the most popular month in the history of the podcast. That's because everyone out there is sharing. So thank you for that. And get yourself excited because next week, Jenny Smith will be back. We're going to talk about the variables that come up in life with diabetes and how those variables may change your management decisions.